Hi, I'm Daniel Likus, and welcome to Book 101. Book 101 is all about the books that I read for the last 40 years, and today I have my special guest. He's the author of several books, no other than Mr. Richard Hi, Daniel. I'm fantastic like you, Mr. Richard. Uh, so how's the weather in England? Uh, it's not bad. It's a bit, it's dry-ish, but it's a bit chilly now. It's getting, it's cold, getting towards the end of November, starting to get a bit chilly. The winter is coming. Winter's coming, yeah. As they say in Game of Thrones. <laughs> yes. Are you a fan of Game of Thrones? Oh, I love Game of Thrones, yeah. Yes. So do you think the finale is good? Oh, no, the finale was awful. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was brilliant up until about the last four episodes, and then it just turned rubbish. It was okay. great up until then. So have you read the book or uh, the series itself? I haven't read any of the books, no. I've just seen, I've just seen the, uh, the, the TV show. Mm. I'll have to, I'm not a big fan of sort of fantasy, you know, that sort no. of fantasy uh, literature. But uh, my wife's read, read one or two of them, I think, and she quite enjoyed them. But I might give it a go. I might give it a go at some point. Yes. So do you think you can uh, write a book like that? I, you know what? I don't. I've thought. I've thought about it at times, but I, I prefer books that are sort of grounded in, at least grounded in reality. You know, rather than this totally fantasy situation. Never been. It's never been real. I've never been a fan of Lord of the Rings or anything like that. You know, it's just a personal thing. I know a lot of people are, but uh, it's not my, not my bag really. Yes. So for your opinion, if you have the given the chance to write the finale, what will be? I think, I mean, I didn't mind what happened in the finale in the series. It just happened too quickly. I think it could have been, uh, it should have been drawn out a little bit longer. Yeah, it just seemed that they just wanted to wrap everything up really quickly, you know, and I just, it, it was a shame because the rest of it was so good, you know, really well acted and, and uh, you know, the, with the dragons and stuff it's all it's all fun in games isn't it yes but uh i just think they just do quickly yeah i think there's a prequel there is i've been watching it yeah it's quite good oh yeah um yeah it's not as sort of i don't know what the word it's quite it's not quite as violent as um game of thrones i mean there's still plenty of stuff going on in it but it's it's quite good yeah i've They've set it up nicely for the second series of that. Have you seen it? Have you seen the new no, uh, not yet. House I... of the Dragon? No, it's quite good. I, I enjoyed it. Okay, one of these days. <laughs> yeah, one, I know, when you got time. I'm so busy, busy nowadays. Yeah, yeah. So, Mr. Richard, let's talk about the third book of the Prophecy Trilogy. Yeah, the Prophecy Trilogy, book number three, Minstrel's Requiem. So, this is the, the third and last of the, of the, uh, the three prophecy trilogies so this this book this is the the sort of swan song if you like um of both minstrel and phil sturgis the the character and so it brings up well it brings us almost up to date i wrote this in 2019 and uh that's when it's set it, it's set in 2019 so in the first book minstrel's bargain it was set in 19 1988 into 19, uh, 1989. 
10 years after 1999 and this one is in 2019 so it's it's 30 years after the events of uh, of the first book and it finds our our hero phil um as a 60 year old he's, it's he's, it starts on his 60th birthday so he's a he's a pensioner he's he's getting on now um and again um you know just like it always happens in the in the prophecy books he he has no real recollections and this this is done to protect him to protect his because he would go mad if he if he remembered what what he had done and what had happened in the in the previous two books so we've got him as a 60 year old he's a, he's very settled um he's got two grown up children well the only thing in his life is his son is a bit feckless he, he doesn't really know his daughter's doing well but his son is a bit you know he, he, he's he, he's a bit lost um, but apart from that his life's his life's good he's still with his wife Shelley um, uh, he now owns a or he part owns a, a it's they've changed from a, a rock magazine he now owns a, um, a digital radio station a rock rock digital radio it's called um and it's doing all right and he's doing all right he's sort of part part retired he just works a few days a week and he's he's loving his life but then he gets at the beginning of the book he gets an email um saying you know uh, you know the uh minstrel is back and it, and there's there's no sort of um address line it's just a little emoji of a of a tramp and so with this with this email everything all his memories all come back and he realizes that minstrel once again has returned uh and it's up to him to try and um to try and stop him and that's really what this this book is what is the highlight of the book three that connect the book one and two right well the the connection is the prophecy so in the second book um mince um sorry sturgis and the tramp the the two sort of the the two you know they're working for good they're working for the light and they yeah. have to protect this we were talking about this in menstrual's uh, renaissance that they basically have to protect this this woman who is pregnant and the child she's pregnant with is is going to save the world is going to is going to you know is the is the prophecy and the prophecy has to be protected from minstrel because minstrel's out to get the, the this this child's soul uh and the, the the stop that in minstrel's renaissance and at the end of that book the tramp stays with with the woman and the little the baby which is born at the end of that book it's a little girl it's a baby girl and minstrel has to escape because he's been he's been sort of double crossing the devil so he has to escape and he he ends up in the body of a of a a little boy a baby boy who 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 dies and then minstrel takes his body over so it's 20 years later and the little girl is now um just starting to break out she's a singer and she's just starting to break out into the the music scene and if her music starts it's like the opposite to minstrels minstrels music you know turns people's souls evil and, and they do evil things and uh this this young woman's music is 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 does the opposite it, it gets rid of evil 
Yes. And uh, and so yeah, the I would say the highlight is that I think the highlight in this book is that I do like I think it's the in a way it's the best written because there's there's a lot of other little threads going on. The tramp isn't the same. The power that he has isn't the same. And Minst, um sorry, Sturgis is finds that he has to he goes down a much more lonely path. He can't sort of rely on the tramp anymore but he there i'm not going to tell you who it is but there is another person that he comes to rely on and who figures quite prominently in the in the novel as well and who becomes the real last traveler the, the you know this fabled last traveler who is the the one who was prophesized to save the world um so yeah i think the i think the characterization is 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 spot on in this one. Uh, that's that would say, that's what I would say is the highlight. Is the characterization really um, fulfills all of the characters? It builds on the characters, pre, you know, in the previous two books. Interesting. So do you think the finale is easy for you to write, or it takes time for you? It was. This one was. It was easier than Minstrel's Renaissance. Renaissance. The second book was the hardest book to write. We were talking the last time I was talking. I, I told you I got a, a terrible case of writer's block when I was writing Minstrel's Renaissance. But I saw. I knew exactly where this one was going to go, and I knew what was going to happen at the end. So it was simply a matter of. Um, and I knew the motivation of Minstrel. I knew the motivation of Sturgis and the Tramp and and uh, the the prophecy. This this young woman called Lily Green, her name is. Uh, and so I knew what was going to happen. And so it was a lot easier to to put it together. And I'm I'm really the the ending, the conclusion. I think I really I, I like the conclusion, although it's it's quite sad in a way. Is this like Game of Thrones or better? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a better ending than the Game of Thrones one. <laughs> At least it takes a whole book rather than just like two episodes, you know? <laughs> As you're talking about your book, it's just like I'm comparing the Lords of the Ring. It make this book into a movie to put a wider audience. Yeah, Netflix. If you're listening, Netflix, come on. Yes. Three three ready ready made movies here. <laughs> Definitely Netflix. Come on. That's I'll tell you the thing is, you know what, uh, with things like you know, Stranger Things. Yes. I think there's a there's a quite a um a market for certainly for Minstrel's Bargain, you know, of sort of horror set in the nineteen eighties, which is exactly what uh, Minstrel's Bargain is, you know. So Netflix need to do it, yeah. Three three movie, a three movie contract, please. Yes. So if you are given a chance to modify the three books, which part of the book you want to modify? Oh, that's a question. I would, out of all three of them, I would say if there was anything I was going to, I wouldn't change the stories uh, because they, they fit in like a, a big three-part jigsaw puzzle. They have, to, they have to be the way they are. But I would certainly... Um, maybe with the first book, Minstrel's Bargain, I would I would just change, I would just make the writing a little bit better. I think sometimes, uh, you know, like anything, the more the more you do something, the better you get at it, or you, the, hopefully the better you get at it. And I think that sort of shows in the three books. I think you know the writing is is a bit more polished 
in Renaissance than it is in in Bargain, and it's a it, it's a little bit even more polished in Requiem. So, I would I think that's all I would change. I would ch I like the story. I like the way it goes. I like the the characterization that I build. I think it's a bit just black and white, good and evil in in Minstrel's Bargain, but in Renaissance and Requiem. Uh, the character building is better and we get some of even minstrel's um backstory and even you know evil minstrel this evil horrible demon there's a sort of a bit of a um redemption in at the end at the end of requiem for him in a way that's what i would change i would i would just polish the writing and i've, I've actually thought about doing it about just going back and polishing it and and just making it flow a little bit better but then there's a big part of me thinks no i quite i just you know it is what it was and i should just leave it you know and that's the way it is i don't know i, I don't know what's there's different sort of schools of thought on that isn't there you know do you go back and change yeah. things or, or make things flow better or do you just leave it and just think, no, that's that's the way it was, and that's the way it it was sort of um, you know created like that. So I don't know. Maybe it's something I'll do at, at some point. So what are your top five adjectives that you can describe menstrual's raccoon? Right, well, we'll have to have horror again. Um, action packed. I think there's a lot more action in this one. Um, Oh, redemption. Yeah, redemption is a good is a good one to use. There is a bit of redemption. Um, sadness. Yeah. At the finale. Um, in the finale. <laughs> yeah. And um, closure. <laughs> closure would be a good one as well. Because by the time I got to the end of writing this, I was sick of writing about Minstrel and I was sick of writing about Phil Sturgis. As much as I love the characters, I needed to do something different, you know. And I think that's probably why I went from this, you know, Minstrel's Bargain, this horror, to to writing A Life Eternal, which is a completely different sort of kettle of fish, you know. It's really a, a similar sort of um, dark, I think dark, in a lot for a lot of different reasons. Not just the horror, but uh, because of basically what happens to the Trump. It's quite, well, it's very sad. So if you compare your prophecy trilogy to other novel, the same yeah. genre, what made prophecy trilogy unique? I think what makes it, well, if there's anything, it makes it unique because it's that mix of horror and, horror and music and a little bit of black humor. Um, I think that's what makes it unique. I try, I, you know, although saying that there's there's less of that in Minstrel's Requiem, I, I, in Bargain, there's a lot of it. Uh, there's a lot of banter between, you know, because Phil Sturgis in the first book is a very young, happy-go-lucky guy, and he's with his when he's with his best mate Toby, the two of them are always, you know, bantering on, and that's that's quite amusing. But it that the sort of darkness begins to permeate through through that book towards you know from about the middle of the book, um, but yeah, I think that that idea of sort of what I, I tell you what 
what makes yes. it unique is the fact that they're set in three different time periods. And I'll, I'll, people have actually commented and said it really feels like they were that in those periods, you know, the late 80s, the late 90s, and then the sort of second decade of the 21st century. Because there's a, there's a thread in Minstrel's Requiem, a, a, another series of vignettes where it's looking like there might be a nuclear war away from the the story and it's all to do with minstrel sort of creating this darkness that's engulfing the world and and um the sort of political events going on in um north korea which almost come to blows you know almost come to nuclear blows so I think what's unique is the the settings of the books as much as anything else. You know, I don't know of any any other sort of series. I'm sure there are, but I don't. I personally don't know of any of that of horror series which are which is set over a thirty year period and which has the same the same sort of main characters involved in it. Um, I think the have you ever read a book called The Keep by F. Paul Wilson? No, not yet. Um, yeah, a really good book. A really cross-genre horror science fiction book um, and he wrote a few sequels to that but it wasn't always with the same character it was it was the the, the bad character the evil character is there but it sort of takes different forms it's not always the same um, but this one there's there's yeah I think that's what it would be which would make it unique the the settings a 30-year period um, and having these books set in different time periods, you know. Are you planning to have a prequel of the Prophecy trilogy? You know what? I have thought of it. Now, there's a very good one of the one of the guys I've sort of mentioned before, um, a lad I've got to know who writes some. Uh, he's written a, 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 I think they're a trilogy, but there may be even more. Um, a guy called Chris Tetrold Blair. Is the first book he wrote was called Acolyte, really good, and we've sort of become friends you know um through writing um I've, I've lost my train of thought there oh yes and so we were his there's a character he writes about um called uh tricker jack who is this a fantastic horror creation and he sort of um he, he leaves these uh playing cards around you know and leads people to their doom and he's a sort of a an usher getting people to hell in a very similar sort of um, vein to minstrel. They're both sort of soul takers, but in different ways. And we were talking, you know, we've, we've discussed this in over years and we've never done anything about it yet, about maybe doing a book with both minstrel and tricker Jack in it. But apart from that, I've, I have got a rough idea of a prequel where minstrel before, before you know the events of uh, the prophecy books, where minstrel, because minstrel's been sticking his nose into human affairs for centuries, you know, um, and so I had this idea of him popping up. Um, it play, you know, like at Woodstock in 1969, <laughs> with all these hippies and, and getting all these, you know, make make love not war people all start to kill each other and do horrible things, and so I had that maybe a short story or a, or a little novelette. You know, is it a novelette they're called? Um, I think so. It's like small. A, short, a, a small, a small book, yeah. But then I say that, and then all me, me books always end up being a bit, a bit longer. But yeah, I have had a, a thought of a of a prequel, um, 
with minstrel doing his thing, but with these uh, with these poor hippies in the sixties, you know, <laughs> that, that might be some scope. You could go back two hundred years. I could have them knocking around, you know, seventeenth century or eighteenth. You know, I could go back as far as I want because yeah, he's been he's been around for about a thousand years. So you could I could I could have a, a historical horror film uh, book. You know, what inspired you the most in writing book three? What inspired me the most is I wanted to stop writing about Minstrel and, and Phil Sturgis. That inspired me the most. But at the same time, you know, we were talking about Game of Thrones. I wanted this finale to, I wanted it to be a fitting swan song for both of them. Oh. Um, because I'd, I come to love, you know, it's strange, these characters, these fictional, they don't exist except in words. And yet, in with me, I, I know what Phil Sturgis looks like. I know how he sounds. I, 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 I feel like he's a real person. And same for Minstrel, even though Minstrel is this, this demon. But I know what he looks like, you know. I know how he is. I understand his um, the reasons for what he does, because I've created those reasons. Uh, that's the thing about being a writer. It's almost be like being a god. You sort of create your own world, you know. Yes, and that's a that's a fantastic thing to be able to do. Do you think that you give full backup uh, the character of Mister Sturgis? For yes, yes, yeah, yeah. I think I I I'll, I would go so far as to say that I actually love Phil Sturgis. I think he's a he's a wonderful character, and I he's a very by the time you get to Requiem, he's a very well rounded character. In fact, he's probably quite a well rounded character in Bargain the first one. Um, but I like the way the trap, you get glimpses into the tramp's past as well. Cause the tramp is as old as minstrel, if, if not older, you know, um, and you sort of get to see little glimpses of his past. You get to see little glimpses, both in Renaissance and Requiem of, of the, of minstrel's past. And he's got a horrible past and it's, he is a, he's a, He's a victim. You know, when he was a human person, he, he originally was a human, but he was a victim and he was victimized and abused. And and it's that that has caused him to to have this, you know, this absolute hatred for for humanity. But there's still a part of him, which it's not really his fault. You know, it's because of how he has been treated himself. And as I've said at the end of in Requiem, you get to see that there is a chance for everyone to be forgiven, no matter what they've done, you know, and, and he takes his chance. But that's that's the highlight, I think, of, of Requiem. That's amazing. That's the moral lesson of book three. Yeah, yeah. So, Richard, if you compare all the books, one, two, three, what is the best books for you? There's that you know each one has something. Obviously, Minstrel's Bargain has a big, big part of my heart attached to it because it was wasn't the first thing I wrote, but it was the second thing I wrote, and it was the first book I ever had published. So, I think your first book ever published is always going to be near, near to you. You know. It's like your first child, isn't it? You know, it's there and it's um, and it's like, oh, God, it's it's a, finally this thing that I've had in my head. And, and in my case, for over 20 years and finally, 
you get I mean the first cover was god awful it was horrible but it doesn't matter it was a book and I held it in my in my hand you know and so there is there's that and then I think the other two renaissance I liked because like I've, I've been saying the the adding to the characters bringing bringing more roundedness to the characters that I that I had created in in bargain and then requiem um the ability to bring it all to I think a, a good conclusion and it, it 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 goes sort of full circle you know these three books become I mean you could read each one as a standalone really but you you might miss you know a little bit of but you could still read them as a standalone but um I think if you if you read them all together you get this you get this picture of time of 30 years you know and of this it's almost like a sort of a secret battle that's been going on for humanity you know that nobody's known about uh so i can't really say i would say obviously as i mentioned before the writing i think is more uh, accomplished in renaissance and requiem but that's not to take away what what bargain was i think there's a there's a peculiar kind of rawness to bargain that actually is quite attractive and i mean the writing you know there's a so it's it it was me writing what i wanted and how i wanted to write whereas with the other two you sort of start bringing in oh well i shouldn't really do it like that i need to change that slightly and i need to do that it's just experience so i i can't i can't pick one above the other i just i think they all just go together nicely and they all stand alone as i've said so which book that uh, you learned the most probably probably renaissance and that's simply because i that was when i wrote that book that was the first book i had written in in over 20 odd years properly from start to finish because i'd written minstrel's bargain originally back in the day uh in point of contact had i'd written even before that so minstrel's renaissance was the first time and i think that was about 2016 or something where I, I, I in probably more than 20 years that I'd actually sat down and thought right I'm going to write a book <laughs> so what I learned from renaissance I think and by the time I got to requiem I uh, it, it was uh, I was learning to write better if you like so yeah I think I think I learned to be a better writer by by doing I think you know by having sequels it's not sequels where it's just a character in different situations doing you know like a detective sequel i think you can have a detective and then you can have a de- he does solves one case and then the next book is solving another case you know and it may be a different killer or something and then another book is just solving another case whereas i think with these three books uh there is a, a, a th- the thread of the prophecy goes throughout all three of them so it's almost like the same book but in th- in three sections you know um and i think that's why i was 
so sick of writing about all these characters and about the prophecy by the time I was finished with Requiem. But I wanted to do it justice. I wanted to do it. Uh, I don't like, you know, just I don't want to do something. I'll not do something if, if I'm not going to give it 100%. So I wanted to give this 100%, but at the same time, knowing that this was the end of, of the, certainly of the prophecy books, you know. So I wanted to do it well. And I quite like the idea that Phil is a 60-year-old because I'm not that far off now myself. And I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, um, a 60-year-old now in 2000, well, even in 2019, it's not that old, really. You know, I mean, if you look at the, the sort of the big actors today, Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt and Johnny Depp, they're all yeah. now, you know, they're nigh on 60 themselves. So 60 isn't what it used to be when I was a kid, you know. Um and so I thought that's it's not it's not out of the bounds of possibility that a sixty year old could still. Uh, and I go out the way to say that he's kept himself in shape. You know, he's he, he he keeps himself sort of fit and healthy. And so yeah, and I quite like that as well. There's not many books with a sixty year old as the uh, as the main character. <laughs> so how many days and months you wrote Minstrels Reckon? God. What, uh... Probably, I would say probably start to finish about six, seven months, but that's that's just off the top of my head. I can't really remember. Um, I'm sure I could, you know, I'm sure if I look on uh, back where all my files are, there'll be a date where I sort of started it and where I sort of finished. But rough, I would usually I would say about six or seven months. It's only been the last couple of months that I've, uh, sorry, the last two books where it's I've really sort of done it within three or four months for each of those books to get the first, um, you know, the first draft written. Uh, it, before then, it took me a little bit longer. So, yeah, probably about six months, about half a year for Minstrel's Rec Room. Not as long as uh, Renaissance, because I didn't, I knew where, I, I, I was writing every day, most days, and I knew where it was going, you know. Is there a confusion in your mind when you're writing the finale? There wasn't in this one, because I, I knew the characters were already set. I'd set who Minstrel was going to be, because Minstrel changes in every book you know he's the same character but he takes over different bodies so on the first book he was this guy called kick bazaar who was the lead singer of minstrel's bargain second book he was a another lead singer of a band called yaron doyle but in the third book i tried <laughs> bringing it up to date instead of having him as a uh like the front man of a rock band i had him as a reality tv star winner and he's just a young He's a 21-year-old um, singer who starts spreading his music through the internet and things like that. And, I, and again, that's what I'm saying about the time things, you know, because there's a bit in Minstrel's Bargain where one of who becomes a victim of his music is wandering around a music store and sees some sort of what she calls newfangled CDs, <laughs> you know, so yeah. these, these, these CDs, because everybody had LPs. And then in the... The second book, Renaissance, um, you know, it, they're all CDs and that in the late 90s. But this one, it's all about downloads and internet and about, uh, let's say, a reality. I based it on sort of X Factor, you know what I mean? But it, I, I can't remember what I call it in the book. Uh, 
new talent or something, I call it in the book, this T, you know, this big TV show. Uh, and even the book covers are sort of designed. The, the, the minstrel's bargain looks like an LP cover. It's, it's got a few fake sort of creases in it and things like that. Um, and minstrel's Renaissance is supposed to be a lot sort of sharper and like a CD cover. And then Requiem is, it looks very similar to Renaissance, but it's supposed to be even sharper still, almost like a, you know, a digital download type. So I've tried to even have the book covers in looking like the format that would be selling at the time when the, when that um, book was, when that story was happening, you know? So let's do the recap of the three books. Minstrel's Bargain, set in the late 80s, a young man, a reporter who discovers that this band, Minstrel, Minstrel's Bargain, uh, who is, you know, they're taking the world by storm and he realises after he meets this mysterious tramp who contacts him, that there is something wrong with him. And Minstrel, the lead singer, the kick bazaar, the lead singer, is not kick bazaar, the human. He is he's simply a vessel for this this demon called Minstrel, who for centuries has used music to play out the last he likens the the human lifespan or the soul to music. And he is playing out the last few bars of of um of people's lives and he steals the souls and takes them down to the devil, down to hell. Uh, and Phil is told by the tramp that he is the traveler. He's a, a chosen one who has been chosen to stop Minstrel doing this. And he, that's what he does at the end of that book. Minstrel's Renaissance sees Phil 10 years later, um, having the tramp makes him forget what he's gone through. So he doesn't, you know, as a sort of a reward, so he doesn't go mad knowing what's happened. Um, but the tramp comes back into his life and explains that this prophecy, the prophecy of um, of the, the the sort, if you like, the kingdoms of heaven and hell um, is, is starting to come true. And this child is the prophecy and this child will destroy evil. And the devil's going to want this child's soul. So the tramp and Sturgis in that one have to protect this woman, Caroline, and her unborn child um, against the the machinations of um, of both the devil and minstrel. But in that book, we see minstrel's monstrous sort of um, his inability to follow anybody, and he's he's trying to double cross the devil. Basically, he's trying to play a, a double edged sword, uh, and he fails at the end of that and has to flee. Uh, his soul has to flee and. Uh, he, t he goes at the end of that, he goes into the body of this little newborn baby boy who has just died and he, he takes this body over. And then, and of course, uh, the tramp then stays with, um, with the little girl. And then the last book is 20 years later and Phil gets this email uh, but it's not from the tramp this time. But like I say, I'm not going to too much detail. But he gets dragged back into this again. He's the traveller. And him and a person very close to him have to have to stop Minstrel once and for all because Minstrel is going to, he's going to take Lily's soul, the, the prophecy soul, 
And once he does that, there's no one is going to be able to beat him, not even the devil. And he's going to become a living, uh, like a, a god on earth where everyone is, is will just be plunged into darkness forever. So there's a big old, um, big old ending there at yes. a music festival. And of course, Minstrel fails, obviously. I'm not going to write a book where he wins. Very well said, Mr. Richard. If you have movie contract, wow. Oh, man. It's always the dream, isn't it? A movie outfit out there or Netflix or Amazon or Apple. Yeah, I think so. Apple, they've got this um, Apple TV, you know, aren't they? Come on, <laughs> Apple TV, if you're listening to this. Have a look at me books, man. They're great. Yes, they are. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, well, I'm going to read your book. I have the list to uh, read this month, and I think it's number eight on my list. <laughs> Brilliant. All right. Yes. So where do people buy your books? Uh, well, it, just like the other two prophecy books, mostly I would say Amazon for the uh, for the Kindle edition and the paperback. But the paperback, again, is around lots of different places. And actually, because I, it's not in sort of the kid, uh, the whatever it's called kid is it kdp or something i can't remember but it's not it's it's doesn't you can buy the ebook in lots of different places as well not just amazon and you know you can get it for you whatever ebook read ebook ebook you have uh, and you can buy them all for three pound 98 all three of them because the first book is free anyway um but if you want to buy all three you can buy it for three pound 98 there you go Yes, here in Canada, you can buy the Prophecy Trilogy, uh, uh, Cole, Indigo, and Chapters. Lovely. They, you can download it. I uh, yeah. I think it's $3 each, 3.99, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So let's uh, empower Mr. Richard. Let's read all the books, the Prophecy Trilogy. They are fascinating and as Mr. Richard uh, talking about the books, it related me to the Lords of the Ring. Oh, come on, people. <laughs> I think it's better than Lord of the Ring. It's often Lord of the Ring is more famous. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's support the emerging writers. Uh, let's support them because as we support them, they give their best. They, they, yeah. they are become more better and better because we support them. And thank you, Player FM, for being number nine of the best book review podcast. Thank you so much. And let's shout out to the people listening on these countries. Last time, I shout out to the people listening for my top one to 10. Now I'm going to shout out uh, 11 to 20. At number 11, Ireland. Thank you so much, Ireland. Number 12, Mexico. Thank you. Gracias, gracias. I'm number 44 on the Apple chart. Thank you so much, Mexico. Gracias. Number 13, Singapore. Thank you so much, Asia. Number 14, Italy. Grazie mille. Thank you, Italy. Number 15, South Africa. Thank you so much. 16, Nigeria. Thank you, Africa. 17, Bhutan. Number 18, Brazil. Obrigada. Thank you, Brazil. I love your country. You're so beautiful country. And number 19, Denmark. And number 20, 
Kenya. Thank you, Mr. Richard. What else you can say about the Prophecy Trilogy? I just that you should go and buy them. If you like if you like rock music, if you like horror, if you like old school sort of James Herbert type horror books, you'll probably like these. So you can give them a go. And like I say, you can try them. Almost tried for free because the first book is free. You can download it for nothing. And if you like the other two, then you can buy them. Yes, definitely. So let's talk about your what book we're going to talk about next time, Mr. Richard. Well, there's only one more to talk about now, um, and that one is Point of Contact. Sounds interesting. Are yeah. you writing a new book right now? I'm sort of di I'm digging in and out of a sequel to Shadow of the Knife. Um, but I've got so many ideas that I just don't know where to start, really. I've got a lot of ideas for books. But I think I'll, I'll try and get that one finished first. I think I'll, I would like to do a sequel to uh, Shadow of the Knife. Yes, definitely. And uh, Mr. Steve, like your writing so much. Uh, he's a lovely, <laughs> lovely man. Uh, I've said thank you yes. to him. He said some lovely things. He's, yes. he's a fantastic writer. Tell you what, Kill Sequence is a, is a brilliant techno thriller book. It's wonderful. Yes, yes, definitely. Out there, uh, please support Mr. Richard and Mr. Steve for their books. Thank you, Mr. Richard. Thank you, Daniel. You take care and I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Morticon, people. See you soon. Bye.